Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Today we have uh, Dr. Richard Zin and Brooke again to record another quizzing. So before we go ahead and get started, let me go ahead and call Brooke. Hello, Brooke. How are you? Hi, Pedro. I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Great, great. Good morning, Dr. Zin. Good morning, Pedro and Brooke. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. So, Brooke, what is the question that we, we have this month to, to Dr. Zin? So, in previous quizzes, we've talked a little bit about corn processing. So, this week, we're going to go a little more into that. And our listeners were just wondering if you could go over uh, steam flaked corn or flaked corn, the benefits, the drawbacks, um, things, things to think about um, for flaked corn. All right. Well, this is, this is actually, uh, it's actually a broad question. And uh, there's a lot, uh, yep, in order for the sake of time, we'll have to try to compress this a little bit. But <laughs> to begin with, we need to understand that, that for any feed ingredient, any ingredient we use in the diet, uh, the feeding value of that ingredient is, is a, a reflection of the uniformity or consistency of the ingredient. And uh, one of the advantages of flaking is that it takes almost any type of corn, any type of corn variety, uh, and makes it uh, uniformly uh, higher in energy value. So the feeding value of steam flake corn is very consistent uh, if it's done properly, and the feeding value of other varieties of corn can vary considerably. So this is something to always remember, the feeding value Consistency is important. It's important to the feedlot, important, of course, to performance, but it's very important as a consideration of feeding value. Of course, oftentimes we think of flake when we think of the energy value, and that, that we're going to deal with a little bit more in detail as we go on. Another aspect, though, is associative interactions of the, of the feed ingredient itself, how that influences other aspects of uh, digest function and animal performance. And, and we're going to see that, that of course, uh, flaking has some very positive associative effects, but there can be some negative aspects, and we'll talk about that at the very end. Uh, another thing that, that's important to consider is what we call acceptability or palatability of the diet. And, uh, and so uh, there is always some concern because when you, as you flake the grain, of course, there can be some production of fines. And... Uh, and this may appear to affect the uh, acceptability of the diet. It doesn't actually, but uh, it, there's that appearance, you know, because there's a greater production of fine. We talked about that a little bit in a prior quiz. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is cost. Uh, in in uh, processing corn and lake corn, there's going to be an increase in cost, and that increase in cost is variable. And uh, so like in my experience, I've noticed the uh, feedlots, uh, the flaking operation, the range in cost going from about, let's say, three, 350 BTUs per ton to 550 BTUs per ton. So you can see a, almost a twofold range in the cost, uh, energy cost of, of flaking the grain. And, and there's a lot of factors involved in that, but... Uh, Feedlot operations have to be very concerned about 
all those variables. And we're not going to be able to get into that in this presentation because of time. But uh, understand that, that the cost of flaking can be quite variable. Now, based on a 12 trial summary, feeding trial summary, uh, comparing dry rolled corn versus flake corn, these are published studies. Uh, we found that the flaking increases in energy value of, of corn for maintenance by about, on average, 12.8%, and the increase in energy for gain about 16.4%. So these are huge improvements, and to not flake the grain, especially with these high corn prices, can be almost disastrous to feedlot. But the relative improvement due to flaking is going to depend on the comparison. Uh, what we're comparing flake corn with. And so uh, if we have a, a really high corny endosperm, a hard endosperm type corn, the, the improvement will be great, even greater than what I'm talking about uh, mm -hmm. in a 20% range. And, uh, but uh, on the other hand, if we're talking about a corn that has a very high proportion of flower endosperm, the, the, the relative improvement could be, could be less. So these are some things that uh, consider if we're comparing with, with high moisture corn or, or uh, and the way the high moisture corn is, is, uh, is prepared, whether with rolled or ground, uh, there's just all kinds of things that, that influence the comparative value of uh, like corn. Now, corn has about 72% starch, let's say on a dry matter basis on average, and most of that, about 83%, is in the endosperm. And uh, when we flake the grain, of course, the purpose of that is to disrupt this protein matrix that surrounds the, the starch uh, in the horny endosperm. And, and this is uh, the, the degree of disruption and the benefit of that is, uh, is most apparent. Look at measures of digestion. It's been falsely assumed that, uh, that the value of uh, flaking is just due to increased star suggestion. This is, so everybody looks at stars, increased star suggestion, that's the thing. But actually, this re resulted in some real misunderstandings about the improvement in flaking early on in, in earlier uh, publications by the National Research Council. The, actually, uh, if we looked at starts alone, it would, we would see only about a, 7.4% improvement in, in net energy for maintenance, as opposed to that 12.8 that I mentioned. And, but, but actually, uh, numerous studies demonstrate that uh, flaking increases organic matter digestion to the same extent that it increases starch digestion. So it's increasing digestion of everything, the fat, protein, as well as starch. And, uh, and so this improvement uh, explains actually just perfectly explains the the improvement we see in the feeding trials. It, it's consistent with that uh, 12, 13 percent improvement in NEM and any uh, 16 plus and NEG. Now another thing to remember about flaking that's really important is that uh, compared, let's say, to dry roll corn, flake corn, the start digestion in the room is about. Dry roll is about 65-70% starch digestion, where with flaking, it's 80 to 85%. So it's not such a huge difference in ruminal starch digestion. The big difference is in intestinal starch digestion. And there we see 
not only in, in starch, but in every other organic constituent of the corn, everything is improved uh, due to flaking in the small intestine. And, uh, and so with, with uh, dry roll corn, let's say intestinal digestion of starch is only about 60 to 65%. And I've seen studies where it's even less than that, depending on rate of passage. But uh, with flake corn, it's 90 to 95% uh, digested. So this, the real big change is in uh, the availability of organic matter to be digested in the small intestine. And this is, uh, this is important. And this is relevant when we look at uh, another big misunderstanding, and that is that the greater the solubility of the starch, or in other words, these reactivity scores that oftentimes nutritionists look at and so forth, the greater that number, they think that, ah, oh, this is going to mean greater starting off. We've got to be very careful because uh, really all we're trying to do is disrupt that protein matrix. And, and so we don't want to make ruminal starch digestion too great. We want to keep it in that 80 to 85% range and uh, let that starch then be digested post-ruminally because that would be so much more efficient and uh, environmentally as well as energetically. Uh, the, the degree of processing, of course, then is, uh, is going to be very, very important. Uh, Under-processing, over-processed. And I see cases of both uh, situations. What I try to do with uh, feedlots that I visit is I, I encourage them. Uh, fecal starch is a good indicator of starch digestion. Very good indicator, actually. And, and I try to get them to keep that fecal starch value between 1% and 3%. And by doing that, then they're going to be pretty close on, on all these other factors that I'm talking about. So this is a, a good way of keeping yourself in between under and over processing uh, the starch. And uh, in a lot of the feedlots, the number is around two and a half percent kind of consistent falls in that area, which is excellent. That's just, I think that they're doing a great job and they can get hang in around that number. But the careful thing is to not be over uh, 3%. And the reason for that, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit at the very end here. Uh, for every 1% increase in starch digestion, the net energy value for maintenance of corn, of flake corn, increases by 0.033 mcal per kilogram. This is huge. And so we can see the, the, the great importance of keeping that starch digestion as close as possible to 99%. Uh, now, the values. So, Dr. Z, just so for every percent that starch digestibility increases, we have an increase in that energy value of 0 0.033. That's that's what you just said, right? MCALs, MCALs, NEM, that is the maintenance. So it'll be even greater for gain. But yes, that and that's and this is very uh this is a very important uh, consideration. And and you can see that, for example, Pedro in countries. Uh, where you have a high portion of horny endosperm, mm -hmm. very hard corn, then this this really shows up. So this is a this is a huge difference. And uh, I've I've visited feedlots, uh, Pedro, where they actually are flaking the corn, and still starts suggesting is only 93 percent. So the improvement in value is just very 
small compared to what you would expect because of the, you know, their seven times 0.033. That's a huge difference in, in uh, net energy. So this is a, uh, this is a very, very important number to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, now, we look at, uh, at uh, the added value consistently. This is very consistent. Uh, feeding flake corn as opposed to other forms, high moisture or dry processed corn. For either one of those, flaking will increase average daily gain by an average of 6%. And there's a whole bunch of studies to demonstrate that. This uh, improvement in average daily gain is, of course, very, very important. And that is most notable. The longer the days on feed, the more impactful, uh, the greater the impact of this uh, improvement in gain. Uh, another thing that oftentimes we don't consider is that uh, flaking corn uh, enhances the efficiency of utilization of urea. In fact, years ago in comparative studies looking at uh, uh, different ways of supplementing steam flake corn-based diets, it was observed that with steam flake corn, urea actually resulted in greater performance than uh, intact protein. So uh, uh, with flake corn, we need to be careful to make sure that we had enough urea in the diet to maximize the utilization of that urea. So this is a big advantage with uh, flaking corn that you get to, you can cheapen back the diet by using more urea. Another thing of course, is that with flake corn, uh, we have a lower heat increment. So these catalytic or fed steam flake corn-based diets, uh, the efficiency of energy utilization is greater even in the summertime when you have high ambient conditions and or elevated ambient conditions. And so this is uh, this is another, I think, important consideration. And I think most feedlots recognize that. But something that that isn't given much attention that I just want to point out today is that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of interest, correct or incorrect, but there's a lot of interest in decreasing methane energy loss. And uh, with flaking, you definitely will decrease the methane energy loss. So the, it's a method, it, uh, flaking the corn is a method of decreasing our, our uh, methane emission. Now, there are a few cautions uh, with flaking corn. One of the cautions, of course, is uh, this thing about the forage level. Uh, in my experience and in, and in summaries of a number of trials that have been conducted, I can see that uh, when we use steam flake corn in the diet, it's a good idea to increase uh, the amount of forage. Uh, I recommend 7% forage NDF. Forage NDF, that's not forage, that's forage NDF. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and I think uh, diets uh, with steam flake corn-based diets with that level of forage NDF, uh, we have better overall performance on the cattle. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, it, flaking is going to increase the cost. And, uh, and so uh, the uniformity of the flake and, and the degree of processing on the flake, those things are very, very important. But cost is right up there. And what it what does it cost to do that? And so the final thing I want to say about that is that where feedlots have where the variation in cost of flaking comes in to the greater extent is uh, 
is when the boiler is running, but there's nothing, they're not processing grain. So when we look at tons, we look at the processing tons per hour output from the feed mill, as that goes up, the cost goes down. All right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we want to make sure if, you, if you've got a feedlot or something you're operating, you want to make sure that 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 mill, when they're flaking grain, that they're flaking grain. So, Pedro, Brooke, that's a very quick overview. Do you have any questions? No, I I think you probably cover everything, Dr. Zing. Uh, yeah, I was was really good. One one question that we often hear is is about the how many pounds per bushel the the, the corn grain should be processed and everything. But I think you cover saying that maybe monitoring monitoring frequent starch is, is a is a well, greater option. Well, okay, let's 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 quickly address that, Pedro, because that, that is one that important. What happens is that even enzyme uh, reactivity measures and stuff, those aren't instantaneous. In other words, you can't regulate the flake based on that because those are laboratory assays and at the very best. They take a day to run. In other words, you take a sample today, you don't get the answer till tomorrow. And so most feedlots do not, do not react to that measure. In other words, no matter what that says, they just keep doing the same thing. This is my experience. I think that would probably be true for 99% of feedlots. The, uh, it is interesting to the nutritionist. That gives them something to talk about. Remember is that when we look at bushel weight, that's something that's measured immediately at the, you know, beneath the rolls. And so it's something that for quality control, uh, and I recommend that that's measured at least every hour during the flaking time on each roll, on each of the flakers, so that, uh, and that's recorded so that it can be stated that, you know, and so a feedlot's going to have a target bushel weight. Let's say nowadays with these big uh, 24 times 54 rolls, these bigger rolls that we have, Maybe 28 pounds per bushel is an optimal, you know, results in a really good uh, quality flake. But uh, whatever it is, you know, you need to do some testing and make sure that the rules are adjusted properly so that you get 3% fecal starch. And so that's what I recommend. I recommend they start maybe at 29 or 30 pounds per bushel and do that for a week and then, and then measure fecal starch and then drop you know, a degree to 28 and 27 until they get what they're looking for. Now they've calibrated their roles for their operation and uh, and then they can go forward with that and have the feed mill operator consistently. Perfect, perfect. That that was great. What you just said, like it, like they calibrate their for their operation, their meal for their operation. That's a very, very important point. I think, yeah, I think you cover a lot of, ground today and and i i learned a lot uh, i don't i don't have any other question right now do you have any question brooke no he covered everything for me as well okay thank you once again dr zing we appreciate it to our listeners if you are listening and have any extra question or something else to ask dr zing please send an email to kettlecallucd at gmail.com you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter to see the transcription of this episode as well and receive our other contents that we provide monthly. So uh, make sure that that subscribe to our uh, podcast as well. So thank you very much. And remember, and remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Thank you.